Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. So we're going to get started here in just a moment. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your presence. Thank you for who you are to us. Thank you for helping us to have a happier new year. We enter into this new year with your hope in our hearts, and we thank you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Okay, real quick, uh, uh, a little boy was attending his first wedding, and after the service, his cousin asked him, he said, uh, how many women can a man marry? Sixteen, the boy responded. His cousin was just absolutely amazed that he, he knew the answer so quickly, so he says, well, how do you know that? He says, it's easy. All you have to do is add it up, like the preacher said, four better, four worse, four richer, four poor. <laughs> Sixteen. So we are, uh, we are continuing this second week on how to have a happier new year, or how to have a happy new year, and... Uh, uh, if you weren't here last week, we, I've got some uh, of the classes still uh, there in my office. If you get with me after the service, uh, then I could get you one of those copies so that you have it. Uh, we, we started off with the, the verse in Psalm 65, verse 11, and it says, You, meaning God, crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. After last week's class, Pastor Poole told me he had looked up the meaning of this word crown, and it's from the original Hebrew. It means literally, you surround. So you crown or you surround the year with your goodness. And so we should have an understanding that God surrounds our year with his goodness. I, I'm happy about that, aren't you? Amen. So last week we talked about the importance of uh, building our lives on a foundation of trust, and there were two major points. One is we need to trust in God's character. He is faithful. If you're ever going through something, some of, some of us are going through something tonight, and we need to remember Three words, God is faithful. Tell yourself, God is faithful. God's faithful and he is also true. We need to know that he can't lie. Uh, he is always true. And secondly, we need to trust in God's word. Uh, we are going to be as strong and stable in our emotions and in our lives as we are grounded in his word. We, we, we will be as strong in our uh, emotions and just in life in general in direct proportion to how strong we are in his word, how stable we are in his word. And so this, again, is so important for us to get a foundation of God's word in us. And uh, there are a lot of believers who have gone through their Christian life that 
and have not really built this foundation of the Word in their lives. And this is not to throw guilt. I don't believe that guilt is a very good uh, motivator. But it is to encourage us that right where we are, you can't, we can't go back and change what happened yesteryear, right? But we can make decisions and choices about what we do from now. And so I'd encourage you to get into God's Word. It, it take some time every day to get into God's Word. And if you have, are, haven't built a habit of, of the Word in your life, then then uh, begin to start or start with a, a chapter or two here or there and take your time to get in. I would encourage you to start out with the New Testament, you know, and get in, let God's Word get in you, and then broaden out from there, okay? And so tonight, what we're going to do is look at the importance of knowing who we are in Christ. We will have a happier new year if we know who we are in Him. Okay? And so Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. It means that He rules and reigns over everything, uh, uh, all things, and we are complete in Him. Uh, Jerry Maguire, the movie, uh, I don't re recommend you watch it, but I did in the yesteryears. And uh, in, in Jerry Maguire, at the, uh, Tom Cruise, or Jerry Maguire, at the end of the movie, he's trying to win his ba wife back, and so he... Uh, says a lot of sappy stuff, but then one of his famous lines were, you complete me. You complete me. <laughs> and then her famous response was, stop, stop. You know, she goes, you had me at hello. You know. So anyway, now you know the end of the movie, so you don't have to, and everything worked out okay for them. Now, I don't know about all of that, but I do know this, and this is true, because it's God's Word, Jesus completes us. We are complete in Him. I want you to tell yourself, I am complete in Him. Now, there are, while we say that, we may not feel like we are complete yet. We may not look at ourselves and go, you know what, I'm just a complete package. We may not feel like that, but this is why it's so important for us to understand who we are in Him. It's critical for us to understand who we are in Him. Uh, and another thing, when you're reading through God's Word, especially, uh, well, in the New Testament, and uh, Paul's writing, some of the other uh, writers who wrote letters, uh, John and, and Peter, when you're reading through those letters, what would be a good habit to do is to underline the places where the phrases uh, in Him, in Christ, through Christ, through Him, by Christ, or by Him, those places where that is, is written will tell us and instruct us about who we are in Him, by Him, through Him. And so 
it'd be a good thing for you to underline that in your Bibles. So, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, this portion of Scripture is what we're going to key off from this evening, and it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him, God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, I'm going to draw from this, these verses, and really, I'm, verse 21, I'm not going to go into that so much tonight uh, because I've got a whole lot of other stuff to talk about, uh, but I, I don't want to just pass over verse 21 because this is such a critical verse for us to know. I now, in hindsight, wish I had included more of this in my notes about this, but suffice it to say we need to understand that through Him, in Him, we have been made the righteousness of God. That because of what Jesus did for us when He died on the cross and when we received Jesus into our lives, now God the Father looks at us and sees us with the righteousness of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at that and I think, well, that's a miracle. And it is. It's an absolute miracle. Who would have ever thought that we would be called righteous? <laughs> really? I mean, I, I remember my old life, and I'm glad it was, it's old. We're going to talk, we are going to talk about old here in just a minute, but we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so our confidence in prayer will come from understanding that uh, we're, we're not just somebody going before God, but because of Christ and Christ in us and we being in Christ, uh, God views us with the righteousness of Christ, and therefore we can have confidence when we come before God that He's going to hear our prayer, right? Okay, so we're going to look at several things about what it means to be in Christ. Roman numeral one. Being in Christ means becoming a whole new you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Coming into a new year, we need to understand that we have become new. So, being new means saying goodbye to the old you. Right. Being in Christ means a whole new you from the inside out. Somebody say, thank God. 
Now, folks are always trying to change things about their lives, and uh, especially coming into a new year. They go on crash diets. Some people have plastic surgery, uh, new hairdos, new hair, you know, whatever, to change something about their lives. Uh, someone wrote, through the miracle of modern medicine, we can have all kinds of things stretched, pulled, pinched, tucked, tweaked, enhanced, suctioned, and peeled. And that's just for changes on the outside. For the inside, we'll go to equal, equal extremes. Americans spend $50 million a year on subliminal message recording designed to help them improve their self-image just to help them stop smoking. And the National Research Council has studied the effects of subliminal messages, and they concluded that they aren't, aren't very effective. And so that's what people do. The gospel is good news for every person desperate to change. And so, listen, this, is, this isn't being in Christ. It isn't the promise of a minor modification, like just a, a tweak in our life. We didn't need our lives just to be uh, tweaked a little bit, right? Amen. We needed a radical transformation, and that is exactly what 2 Corinthians 5.17 is talking about, new creation. There was a man who was selling an old warehouse, and the building had been empty for months and needed repairs, and gangs had broken in. They had damaged doors and smashed windows and thrown trash everywhere. And so as the owner was showing this prospective buyer the property, the, the, the guy was taking pains to say how he would replace the broken windows, he would bring a crew in, to correct any structural damage and to clean out the garbage. And so the, the, the prospective buyer says, forget about the repairs. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I want the site. When Jesus comes into our lives, uh, it wasn't to make us, he didn't look at us as uh, fixer-uppers. We needed a lot more than just a little fixing up. And everybody said, Amen. We needed a radical transformation. And so in order to build a new you, God had first to rid us of the old. And so 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is in the New International Version. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. The old has gone. That is powerful. Our old sin and failure are gone. Tell yourself they're gone. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. 
when he's talking about having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. He's talking about the old, old covenant law that it was nailed with Christ to the cross. When it says having wiped out, it literally means obliterated. That, the, old, the requirements of the Old Testament law that, that man was to do to be in right relationship with God were nailed with Jesus to the cross, and now he has forgiven us all our trespasses. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. I'm looking at uh, Pastor Poole because he knows directions. So. East is from the west. That means they are gone. Being in Christ means the old you is gone. This means that we don't have to be chained to the memories of our past. Now, uh, we may remember things from our past. I, I have memories of stuff from the past. I, I haven't forgotten everything that I did in the past. But I can tell you this, I, I, I'm not chained uh, or bound by the memory of what I did in the yesteryears before, before I came to Christ. And uh, that's a miracle. That's grace. We shouldn't be chained or bound by the memories of what we did in our past life because God has forgiven us. He wiped them out. He has, uh, he has forgotten them. And so we shouldn't go through our lives with the guilt and the condemnation of our past sin, our past failure. And so tell yourself, I'm a brand new me. Something completely new has come. And that's what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 is about. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So this says we are reconciled with God. It means we're, being, we're brought back in the right relationship with God. And so what this means is we can say hello to a whole new relationship with God. Amen. Now, in this there are three components of our relationship with God that, we, that I want to focus on and that we really need to understand. There, there are tons of components of our relationship with God, but there are three that I want to focus on. These are real, very simple but very profound. They're, they're, they should be easy for us to remember, and the impact of these are literally life-changing. The first, first of all, being in Christ means that God is for us. In Romans 5, verse 31, it says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, I want you to tell yourself, God is for me. I want you to tell yourself with some emphasis, God is for me. Uh, God doesn't just put up with us. And I, th I know that there are a lot of us that kind of just feel like, well, he just kind of puts up with me. You know, I, I prayed the prayer for forgiveness, and so now you, it's almost like God says, well, 
you know, they prayed the prayer. Now I got to put up with them. And there, there are people that kind of carry around that, that feeling within themselves, and, and, and it's like, you know, God just kind of, you know, tolerates me. Listen, God doesn't just put up with us. God doesn't just tolerate us. In Ephesians 1, verse 6, it says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. See, we have, uh, he doesn't tolerate, he doesn't just put up, he has accepted us in the beloved, in, in, and that beloved is Jesus. We are accepted in him, uh, and we have to have an established, unshakable trust that God accepts us. Yes, amen. Not only does he accept us, but he chose us. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us. Now, that's awesome. Because it wasn't just us coming to God, you know. It wasn't just us making a decision to come to Christ. God picked us. That's outrageously good. God picked us. Uh, probably all of us have memories uh, uh, from childhood of being uh, uh, on uh, selecting teams, and there were two captains that they were, uh, and so we, our value as kids and our self-worth hinged on uh, when we were picked, or maybe if we were picked, you know, to be on the team. Uh, we need to know that if we ever feel less than in life, that we need to know this, God picked us. God picked you. <laughs> uh, he chose us. He picked us. God is for us. If this truth isn't established in our hearts, then every time something troubling, difficult happens to us that we're gonna we're gonna have problems uh, there are people who wonder you know when things are going wrong in their life uh, and I've heard this said uh, why is God doing this to me and we need to know a lot happens in our life that that uh, God doesn't do uh, we live in a, a world that's broken uh, and because of that, we sometimes are affected by things that happen in a broken world. There's a real devil who tries to uh, harass us and throw things on us. So we need to know God, God doesn't do a lot of the things that, that some people think, you know, God just does everything. Does, does, it's all because of God. But God doesn't tempt us to sin, Right. That's what the Word says, and God doesn't put sickness on us. And so if we ever are wrestling with a health issue, we don't have to wonder if God put it on us because God doesn't put sickness on His children. Why? Because He's for us. God is for us. Uh, Romans 8, 31 and 32 says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us 
all things. That's awesome. Uh, the confidence that comes from knowing God, it, that God is for us, means that He is going to take good care of us. He'll freely give us all things. We can dare to believe that God's going to meet our needs. Uh, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our financial needs, God is going to meet those needs because He's for us. And I want you to say it again, God is for me. Okay, so first of all, God is for us. And then secondly, God is with us. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a good word. That one verse is worth being here tonight, isn't it? The consequence of knowing that God is with us will free us from fear. We'll be, we'll be able to be freed from fear if we know that God is with us. Um, there's a lot of scary stuff in the world, isn't there? I was talking with someone before the service, and, and there, we were talking about things that are happening, happening in, on the world scene right now, and it's, it's troubling. And if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we can face the future with a confidence and assurance because we know God is for us and He's with us. And if we know He's with us, then we can face whatever comes in life. Now, I know that we say those kind of things, but we need to really know that God is with us. And knowing that will enable us to face whatever comes our way in life. Uh, some 20, it's been about 26 years ago, I faced the, uh, the biggest struggle in my life. And without going into to details about it, I can tell you it was intimidating and beyond troubling. I was a missionary in Africa. I was in, in Blantyre, Malawi, Africa. And uh, things are, are just uh, coming down and heavy. And so I was very troubled. Uh, I was going to cry out to God. And so I went to one of the places where I used to pray in those days. And we had a vegetable garden, big vegetable garden there. And so I went in the middle of that vegetable garden in the, in the afternoon. I could take you to the very place where this happened in Blantyre, Malawi, and show you the spot, if it's still there. But, but I could show you the place on the ground anyway that's there. And I was just cr literally crying out to God and said, God, I, I've got to have you help me. And while I am calling out to God, I just sensed his presence come in over me. Amen. And it was tangible. And so I spoke to God these words exactly. And I said, well, as long as you're with me, I'll be okay. And I was, <laughs> and I am. There were several years that were pretty rough, <laughs> uh, but God was with me, and he brought me through, and not only brought me through, but got me over and on top, and here I am today, because God was with me. 
And I can, I can tell you uh, with the confidence of someone who has experienced some difficulty, all of us have different things that happen uh, in our lives. And sometimes we face things that we really thought this could never happen to me. Some of us have, have been there where we thought, well, that, I, I just, this could never happen to me. And sometimes things happen that just surprise us or shocking to us. In the midst of life, no matter what comes our way in life, we can know and face those things with confidence and without fear because God is with us. So God is for us. God is with us. And then thirdly, God is in us. Colossians 1 verse 27 says to, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, this statement, Christ in you, this is the dividing line in the relationship with God and man from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, those that were believers in God could know that God was for them and that God was with them. If they went through the requirements uh, uh, of the law, they could know that God was for them and with them. If they messed up, they could have animal sacrifices to get in right standing with God. And so they could know that God was for them and with them. But a dramatic change happened when Jesus died on the cross. Because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, when we receive him into our life, not only do we know that God is for us, God is with us, but now, through Christ, we can know God's in us. <laughs> uh, he's not just around, he's in. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 says, and what Agreement has a temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Man, that's awesome. God, uh, he, he's in us. <laughs> who would have ever thought? I talked about this being righteous before, and who would have ever thought we would think of ourselves as righteous? Who would have ever thought that God would deem to live in us. But he does because of what Christ did for us and our receiving him, right? And because he lives in us, we can overcome anything that Satan brings against us. And this is what 1 John 4, 4 is talking about. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So that's, that's assurance. That's confidence. We can have a happier new year because we know that through Christ, God is for us, He is with us, and He's in us. Listen, wherever we are, God is. Because He isn't just around, He lives in us. Miracle of miracles. So I want you to tell yourself, God is for me. God is with me. God is in me. And I'll say, thank you, Jesus. 
and give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Roman numeral two. Uh, we'll look at this quickly. Being in Christ means that we have a new purpose. This is uh, important. Uh, one of the fundamental needs that we have in life is to have a purpose. And we will have a happier new year if we know our purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm going to read this again. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we not only become new, but now there are new things in our life. Tell yourself, new things. We, uh, we can wear many hats in life. We might be a father or a mother, uh, a brother or a sister, uh, uh, a friend or an employer or employee. There are lots of uh, things and purposes and, and roles that we may have in life. One of the most important roles we have in our life uh, is the following. We are called ambassadors for Christ. Being in Christ means we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, most of you know, most of us know, that an ambassador represents the country that they're from. And there are, there are two areas I want to focus on, and then we're going to pray tonight, that we represent as being ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of heaven. First of all, we represent heaven's character. Somebody say, yikes. Second <laughs> Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. This word commending, I looked it up, it means introducing. Uh, but by manifestation of the truth, introducing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What this means is that we're called to live out and demonstrate God in our lives. Now, we may not all the time look at that as something that we want. In other words, when we, when we have people look at us, we may not always want, we may not always want people to be looking at us as an example of God. Because, because we are called to be demonstrated. So, so somebody says, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't look at me, look at Jesus. Well, that, that can, you know, that can be difficult because Jesus isn't here to look at. So Jesus, actually, we are called to be representatives of him so that they can see 
Jesus through us. That's what we're in Christ, right? Christ is in us, right? And so that means that we are meant to represent heaven's character. That's a challenge. And it's a, it's, it's a challenge we ought to accept. And just, I want you to just tell yourself, I accept the challenge. To be a rep, I know that was kind of weak tonight, but I, I believe you are accepting that challenge. Everybody here is accepting that challenge. Everybody's viewing or listening online is accepting that challenge to represent heaven. People need to, people need to be able to see uh, Jesus in us. God help us. God help me. I, I want to I wanna be able to represent heaven's nature and character so that if people want to know, well, what, what, uh, what, what does Jesus really do in somebody's life? They can look at me and say, you know what? God, God must have done something in that guy's life, right? Yeah. Representing. This means that we, we love people when we don't feel like loving them. I mean, you know, some people don't always, are not always lovable or likable. Don't look at anybody. <laughs> don't do that. It means we help others when we really don't feel like getting involved. Uh, sometimes I just don't feel like getting involved. Just don't want to be involved, you know. But... When I was a brand new convert, I, I helped some guys uh, that were out on the streets, and I let them stay at, at uh, my house and and uh, put them up and all that, and they you know come off the streets. And guess what? Ripped me off. I took my uh, down sleeping bag. Can you believe that? Reaching out, helping somebody, you know, loving them, and and uh, getting involved where it didn't really feel like getting involved. I didn't feel like, you know, I don't know about getting involved with these guys. They might rip me off. They ripped me off. <laughs> and so it means being willing. You know, Jesus was kind of ripped off, wasn't he? He was ripped up for us. And so we need to represent heaven's character, and that means allowing Jesus to live through us. We are in Christ, Christ is in us, and we need to show heaven's character. Say, I believe that. Okay, finally tonight, one of the great purposes of our lives is to represent heaven as a spokesperson. An ambassador speaks for the country that they represent. Uh, when I lived in Malawi, I met the U.S. ambassador uh, at that time. His, his, the ambassador was Peter Chavez. Uh, we were invited to his house several times, a big, big place and big grounds and uh, big security and all you can imagine. Uh, but there were, we had one time where we were, we were being called in because of security uh, concerns for U.S. citizens, and so me and uh, other missionaries and other U.S. citizens that were there on business and all, we were all packed in, and they were giving us a rundown about security measures and things like that. Uh, then on the 4th of July, he had us over for just for a big celebration. We had 
in, in his big grounds area, uh, uh, American hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff, and it was awesome. It was great. When you live in a, uh, another country, you don't get especially hot dogs. Back in the, you, they just, they, you couldn't get, you couldn't get American kind of hot dogs. And so it was just very cool. But this ambassador, uh, Peter Chavez, he was, he was uh, very nice. He wasn't arrogant, but he was powerful because he spoke for the most powerful country on earth. Now, I want to read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 again. Now then, as ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. One of the most asked questions uh, that people have brought to me over the years that I've pastored, one of the most asked questions is, what is God's will for my life? Or, why am I here? Now, the answer to that is really complex, and it's different for all of us in some facets, and a lot of facets. Uh, and really, we are all are spending the rest of our lives learning and experiencing what God's will is for our life. But, one of the biggest reasons and purposes that we are here is to reach others for Jesus. Sometimes we wonder, you know, why hadn't Jesus come back yet? I, I want him to come back quickly, don't you? T tonight would be all right. And that would be wonderful. He is coming back. But there is a reason he has not yet come back. And this is what Second Peter 3 verse 9 is addressing. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The only reason Jesus hadn't come is to give us a chance, an opportunity to reach others. The reason ambassadors are sent to other countries is to speak for the nation they represent. And this is why we're here, to speak on God's behalf. We are witnesses. We are witnesses of what we have experienced through Christ. Now, if this uh, is intimidating to you, there are a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I just really don't know the Bible that well. What am I going to do or say to people? Every one of us has something. If we have been born again, we have something that is powerful, and that is our own story. And so you don't have to worry about having the, uh, just the exact perp or, or right words to speak. Tell your story. We need to tell our story of what Jesus, every one of us has a story about what Jesus did for us. Uh, we may still be figuring out what all God did for us. I mean, but we know that when we ask him to come into our life, he came in. And we're living for God now. We're directing our life toward Him because of what He's done for us. And so if you're wondering, what, what can I really say to impact another person? Tell them your story. Now tell yourself, I've got a story. 
<laughs> that was really weak, folks. <laughs> One more time, say, I've got a story. Right. Your story is you're in Christ. Uh, God, is, God is for you. He is with you. He is in you. And we are in Christ tonight. Part of the purpose in Christ is to represent heaven's character and to be a spokesperson for God. And I want to encourage us all to tell our story. Amen. Praise God. We will have a happier New Year, and we will make a happier New Year for others if we'll tell them our story. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight. I want to lead you again in a prayer and a confession tonight. And, uh, you know, not to do this as ritual tonight. I want to encourage us to speak these words and to uh, allow them entrance into our heart, through our heart, to Jesus tonight, all right? And so just repeat this with me, if you would. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my life. Through you, my past is past. I am a whole new me. I have a whole new relationship with you. You are for me, with me, and in me. I have a whole new purpose. I am an ambassador for Christ. Help me to represent heaven's character and to tell others how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me, let me just pray over us tonight. Lord, uh, tonight, your word is so powerful. Thank you for confirming uh, who we are in you. Lord, we wrestle and struggle with our own selves and our own character sometimes, our own nature, and yet in you, we are the righteousness of God. We thank you for that, Jesus. We receive it by faith, and the, the enacting and the ongoing of that is working through us and in us. Tonight, I pray your grace on every one of our lives, Lord. Uh, help us to gain greater understanding of your word. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Next week, we'll conclude the... A series on how to have a happy new year. Tell yourself, I'm having a happier new year. Oh, also, just uh, as you're leaving, I just want to encourage you, take your notes with you and go, go through them through the week uh, and kind of get this word in your life. It'll help you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good night. The end. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.